Thanks for joining us for a classic edition of In the Studio with Michael Card. Several years ago, this weekly program was recorded at Michael's home studio in Franklin, Tennessee. We got to meet many of Michael's friends and hear about the work of God in the Nashville community and around the world. Though some of the details about guests and ministries may have changed, the powerful lessons from the Bible and the reality of God's faithfulness told in these conversations stand the test of time. This session is made possible by our friends with the Christian Standard Bible. Learn more about the CSB translation online when you visit csbible.com. Listen now to this program from the archives. This is In the Studio with Michael Card coming to you from beautiful Franklin, Tennessee. I'm Wayne Shepherd. Michael, last week we talked about the podcast that goes around the world. Here's an email from somebody in Australia. Wow, there you go. Listens to the program. Mike listens to us. He says, my first introduction to Michael's music was when I purchased two secondhand vinyl records. Wait a minute. About 15 years ago. <laughs> I used to listen to you on Second vinyl. Secondhand? <laughs> yeah. Does that mean that someone who had them didn't want them anymore? I won't tell you about the garage sales I've been to. But. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, that's brutal. Mike says, I was really taken by the depth of the words and the teaching in the songs when Michael visited Australia in 1994. I made a point of attending his concert in Sydney. I was not disappointed, hmm. he said. Recently, while he says, whilst Googling the web, yeah. it's very biblical, <laughs> I, I wonder what Michael was up to, what a gold mine had discovered. I've downloaded about 25 archive broadcasts so far to been entertained, challenged, excited, and encouraged each time I've listened. All for free. <laughs> all for free. The mix of teaching and music and interviews is great. The enthusiasm from Michael and all of you as the guests is really inspired and encouraging, he says. So, wow. From thank Australia. you, Mike. Yeah. yeah. Nice note. That, that, that uh, sort of keeps you going, doesn't it? It does. Yeah. We'd love to get your comments here at in the studio at michaelcard.com. Especially the good ones. <laughs> we only let you see the good ones. If you don't like it, you know, send that one to Wayne. But all the encouraging ones, send to me. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Coming up on today's program, Michael's going to sing for us. Jeff Taylor's going to join you in a song here in, yeah. in just a moment uh, at the piano. Um, we're going to open our uh, Bible study with John 7 today. Yes. Now, I know that we left off with just the first few verses of John 6 last sure. time. You're just going to have to get the parable of joy and read about it. Well, and, all we can do is overview things, right? But uh, it, that's great, too. I, I like yeah. going, you know, quickly. Sometimes I'll, I'll visit churches, and, and this is great, too. Don't get me wrong, but they'll say, yeah, we've been in Romans for nine years, you know. <laughs> And I go, well, that's good. Go in depth, but it's good to go quick, too. I'm in a Bible study with our producer, Joe Carlson, like that, with Don Cole. Ooh. And we've been in the first few chapters of John for like months yeah, on yeah. end. You know? And we'll so, be there, right? Yeah, right. Well, that's the difference. Don knows that much. Yeah. <laughs> I can tell you everything I know about chapter 7 in about five minutes. We're going to so. race through chapter 7 here today in just a moment. Larry Warren is going to come by with a friend named Bobby Maynard mm-hmm. here in the program today. Great. Give us an update on Africa. And then in the second half of the program... Jason Gray. Now, yes. I've not met Jason okay. yet. Oh, that's going to be a treat. So we'll get to introduce together here. You'll yeah. introduce us. And... Jason uh, was on the road with me for a while. He is uh, just a precious brother, great songwriter. Um, yeah, it's going to be good for you to get to meet him. And that study in John 7 in just a moment. But how about singing this song that comes from your hymns project mm-hmm. called Where Cross the Crowded Ways? Yes. I had not heard this one before. Well, I, I had not either. This is actually a lyric that Buddy Green put some music to. But interesting thing that happened to me just yesterday, I was looking through an old booklet of my grandfather's poetry. My grandfather was a preacher. Uh We've talked about that. Yeah. Yeah. And and in those days, in every sermon, he'd quote usually Tennyson, but uh, all kinds of other poets as well. And in the middle of this book was this lyric, Where Cross the Crowded Way. So this is one of the poems that my grandfather used to quote when he would preach. Amazing. Yeah, it's a great, it's a great lyric about Jesus being present uh, in the poor, on, you know, on the streets, where cross the crowded ways. Mm, that Those are okay. the, the crowded streets where right. Jesus is present. Well, let's listen ourselves now as you sing, Michael, and uh, Jeff Taylor at the piano here. Across the crowded ways of life Where sound the cries of race and clan Above the noise of selfish strife We hear your voice, O Son of Man 
in haunts of wretchedness and need. On shadowed thresholds dark with fear, from path where hides the lures of greed, we catch the vision of your tears. From tender childhood's helplessness, from woman's grief, man's burden toil, from famished souls, from sorrow stress, your heart has never known recoil. The cup of water given for you still holds the freshness of your grace. Yet long these multitudes do view the sweet compassion of your face. from the mountainside Make haste to heal these hearts of pain Among these restless throngs abide Oh, tread the city streets again Till sons of men shall learn your love and follow where your feet have trod Till glorious from your heaven above Shall come the city of our God Where across the crowded ways. Thank you for introducing that song to us. Again, it's on the hymn CD. Yes, and, th- and thank you, Buddy Green, for uh, giving us that music. But we heard it in the studio yes. here today, not from any CD. That's right. So, hey, John chapter 7. Uh, let me set this up again by explaining for those who have not been with us previously that we're kind of moving through John quickly here. At mock speed. <laughs> yeah, but you wrote about this in a book called The Parable of Joy. Yes. And yes. you translated John in that book. Right, and that was some years ago, and and uh, the, our our partners at RBC have have republished that book, and I'm very thankful and grateful that they did that. You entitled John chapter seven in your book the Golden Pitcher. Yes, ah, oh. I, I know I said this last week, but this this is my favorite <laughs> chapter. Uh, there there is more going on in chapter seven of John. There's there are all these parallel. There there are at least two parallel stories that are going on. Uh, you see uh, Jesus, uh, there, there are people that are waiting to kill Jesus, laying in wait to take his life. You see his own brothers are mocking him. You see this side of Jesus that uh, people just don't seem to understand is, is portrayed uh, in the Gospels. Uh, but the, the two parallel stories that I'm most interested in are this idea of um, Jesus being in, in Jerusalem for, for tabernacles, and what happens there, and the story starts in verse 1 and then picks back up in verse 37. But then there's this other parallel story of, of some temple guards who have been sent to arrest Jesus. And uh, when, when you think of these guys, think of a Navy SEAL you know, on 11, right? <laughs> these are men that are exclusively chosen from the tribe of Benjamin. Benjamin was the warrior tribe. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the battle cry of Israel was, Behind thee, O Benjamin. Okay, you get that image. Yeah, they always go first. Yeah. So the, yeah. these are the these are the these are the Navy SEALs mm-hmm. of the Israelites. These are the special forces. The special forces, exactly. Just think of those kind of guys, right? And they are sent to arrest Jesus, and they come back empty-handed. They just can't do it. So seven has all these wonderful things uh, going on. Well, you, there's 44 verses here that you yeah. cover in this chapter. We won't have time to do all that on the no, radio here today. But again, we can kind of just encourage you 
by uh, drawing your attention to this yeah. and make you want to go read it yourself. Yeah, so let, let me set it up. Okay. It, 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 chapter 7 begins this way. After this, Jesus went around in Galilee, purposely staying away from Judea because the Jews there were waiting to take his life. I mean, there it is. There are people who have decided that, you know, they're going to, and they eventually do. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, they eventually have him crucified. But when the Jewish Feast of Tabernacles was near, now don't, don't get worried about tabernacles. It's just, it's Thanksgiving. That's what tabernacles is. <laughs> okay. It's a harvest feast in September that was Americanized into Thanksgiving. So Jesus is there for Thanksgiving, right? right. That's understandable. Yeah, you can do that. Uh, when Jesus, but when, when the Jewish Feast of Tabernacles was near, Jesus' brothers said to him, and these are his physical brothers, you ought to leave here and go to Judea so that your disciples may see the miracles you do. No one who wants to become a public figure acts in secret. Since you are doing these things, show yourself to the world. And here you go. Here's your little, here's your whispering. Here's John, here's the parenthetical statement. For even his own brothers did not believe in him. Mm-hmm. See, only John will do that for mm-hmm. us. So here is Jesus. His own family are ridiculing him, don't believe in him, and the Jews there are waiting to take his life. I mean, what, what a context. So his own family are kind of pushing him out there saying, go do your show over here. Well, they're mocking him. Yeah, yeah they're mocking him. Uh, now, we know later uh, some of Jesus' brothers came to faith, James right. and yeah. Jude. Yeah, but, um, and paid with their lives. At this point, they, they are not... Um, they are not believers. But the thing I need you to, to remember, though, is that Jesus is going to, to Jerusalem for the, for the Feast of Tabernacles. Okay. So let's jump ahead right. to the end of that story. Okay. Well, now, verse 37. You verse said? 37. Now, it's been 37 verses. Okay. On the last and greatest day of the feast, you got to stop right there. What feast? <laughs> right? Well, Feast of Tabernacles, mm-hmm. right? Well, what happens on the last and greatest day of the Feast of Tabernacles? I don't, do you know? I was going to ask you to explain that. Yeah, right. Well, th- and this is where it gets really interesting, and you've got to stop uh, and, and, uh, and look at this before you go any farther. What happens on the last and greatest day of, of the Feast of Tabernacles? We know this uh, from the Mishnah. We know that the high priest would gather with a group of people in front of the temple, on the front porch of the temple. They would make their way to the Pool of Siloam. We all know about the Pool mm-hmm. of Siloam from a he- the healing of the man born mm-hmm. blind. They would make their way to the Pool of Siloam. All along the way, they're chanting psalms, hallelujah psalms, okay? Because they're celebrating. This is what Tabernacles is all about. Tabernacles is a celebration of God's provision, okay. right? He provides the harvest for us, that sort of thing. Uh, so they're, they're chanting these psalms. When they get to the Pool of Siloam, the high priest has a pitcher. The golden pitcher. A golden pitcher. He will he he will pour uh, he will uh, scoop that pitcher full of water, and then they turn back around and they go back up the hill to the temple all along, chanting these psalms. When they get back to the temple, Wayne, the high priest stands in front of the crowd, and he pours the water out to commemorate God. Uh, when God struck the rock in the wilderness, right? Because mm-hmm. what's tabernacles about? It's mm-hmm. all about God's provision, provision okay? Right. So he pours the, the pitcher out, and he quotes Isaiah 12, 3. Okay, so imagine this. Everybody's hot and sweaty. They've been chanting psalms. They've been to Siloam. They're back. The, the high priest pours out uh, uh, this uh, pitcher of, of water, and this is what he says. With joy, you will draw water from the wells of of salvation. Okay, so that has just happened. On the last and greatest day of the feast. Now now you read. Now, in verse 37, Jesus stood and shouted, If anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. Wow. Now, wow. is that not incredible? <laughs> so the high priest on the, last, on the last and greatest day of the feast says, With joy you will draw water from the wells of salvation. And then from the crowd, the Suddenly, voice of Jesus. Oh, man. If you're thirsty, come to me and drink. Yeah. And he just didn't say it under his voice. No, no, he, he shouted. He it. stood and shouted. If so, anyone is thirsty. Exactly. So that's that's a hint that Jesus in, is in the midst of this crowd. It's the last and greatest day of the feast. And when I saw that for the first time, when that was explained to me, Wayne, I was a student and I thought, I'm going to find every one of those <laughs> that I can possibly find. Well, I, I still see the, the, the light in your eye oh, right now, how excited you are about oh, this. Oh, it, it, was, it, was it was an amazing moment for me. Uh, and and uh, I, I, I'll, I'll never forget w- when it happened. I was with Bill Lane. It was summer school. 
And uh, he, he taught that to the class, and I just said, okay, there's the rest of my life right there, uh-huh. Uh-huh. is finding as many of those things as I possibly can. Okay. Well, we read what ha- what the, how the crowd reacted yes. when Jesus stood and declared that. Right, right. And and it, it's been pretty much like this uh, all along. There's there, The crowd is, is, is always mixed, uh, but there are some people who who do get it. And so let's jump back now. Okay. That's our one story. Let's look at the other parallel story. Okay. Okay. Uh, in the middle of the chapter, uh, Jesus speaks out, uh, it, also in the temple court, uh, gets himself in trouble. That's right around verse, uh, verse 28. Um, but here, here's what happens. Uh, in, in response to Jesus' words in uh, verse 30, it says, at this, they tried to seize him but no one laid a hand on him because his time had not yet come. Now, this happens a number of times in the Gospel of John. They tried to seize Jesus. But well, they get us thin air. Well, we don't, we don't know. Yeah. You know there, did, he, did he stare him down? Right. Did he walk through the crowd? Did, you know, we don't know how he did this, but the only reason John ever gives is his time had not yet come. So, still, many in the crowd put their faith in him. They said, when the Christ comes... Will he do more miraculous signs than this man? And that's really not very good translation. Uh, I think in my translation, I say he will not do more miraculous signs than this man. Will he? Because it expects the answer no. But here, here's the here's the part I wanted to point to. The Pharisees heard the crowd whispering such things about him. Then the chief priests and the Pharisees sent the temple guards to arrest him. Now, once again, these are these very fierce. Uh, Benjaminite warriors. Hosea 5.8 is the battle cry of Israel behind the o, o Benjamin. So the temple guards are sent to arrest him. Okay, story stops right there. Okay, now we got we got to go over, go back over now to verse 45. That's, we're almost out of time. Well, okay, here we go. Here's the here's the final thing. Finally, the temple guards went back. I mean, that's like 10, 15 verses later. So I'm, I hope you know you've kept yeah. kept up. Okay. Finally, the temple guards went back to the chief priests and Pharisees who asked him, "Why didn't you bring him in?" They come back empty-handed. Yeah, yeah, not a good thing. Verse 46, no one ever spoke the way this man does, the guards declared. So i just leave you with that. The image of these big Navy SEAL Benjaminite warrior temple guards, they've been sent with a direct order from the high priest to seize this man, to arrest this man. They come back, and all they can say is, Nobody ever talked like this before. That's amazing. Yeah. That's just amazing. Boy, that yeah. makes me want to just jump into this. Oh, it's a great chapter. Yeah, on my, on my own. Thank you, Michael. It's, uh, the teaching is in book form in the parable of joy. Uh, of course, start with the scriptures. Absolutely. And stay and, and end with the scriptures. Yeah, just stay there. Okay, yeah. all right. Hey, thanks, Michael. Coming up in a moment, we'll talk with Larry Warren about the state of things in Africa. Michael, I know I am grateful for the opportunities I've had to travel around the world just a bit yes. and to have my eyes open to what's going on. I know you are as well. I am, and but especially I'm grateful to brothers and sisters who really give themselves full-time and it can help me stay connected to places like uh, Romania. We were just mm-hmm. with a brother from Romania, mm-hmm. and and most especially Larry Warren, his work in Africa. Yeah. So, uh, Africa, Larry is one place I've never been. Now that's a that's a, that's a serious uh, no, thing no, no, to say in front of you. Yeah, don't ever say that to Larry because you'll be there. Larry, Larry's the guy. My wife will say, uh, "I really don't want you hanging out with Larry because I know you'll end up in Africa." He's a dangerous man. <laughs> Larry, welcome back. It's good to be here. And uh, Wayne, I hope that'll be the last time you can say that honestly. Well, there, well, he's already uh, on. <laughs> we'll be talking. African leadership, what, what is it, again, to remind those who have not been with us previously? Uh, African leadership uh, is a Christian education organization, and we primarily train church leaders, uh, men and women who are already in leadership but have never had any formal training. And that's really most of the church leaders in Africa. Mm-hmm. So we have a curriculum where uh, men and women study uh, six hours a week in, in class for two years. And we've got about 10,000 students in 20 countries. That's really intensive, isn't it? It is. They're serious. Yeah. It's not just a weekend yeah, seminar. Probably put us to shame. Hey, you brought a friend into the studio with you today. Introduce Bobby to us. I met Bobby Maynard uh, in 93 when I first moved to South Africa and started taking our curriculum and our training into a large township there. And uh, the pastor uh, of the church I was attending said, you know, there's another fella in the area that's doing something similar. 
So John Thomas, a friend of yours and, mm-hmm. and mine, called Bobby Maynard, who I met. He was then had helped establish Youth with a Mission mm. in South Africa, and he was there for many years with them and is not, then moved from South Africa to Malawi, where he pastored an international church and uh, and then worked in a with a Christian organization on child labor issues. Mm-hmm. But Bobby's now joined African Leadership and will be directing that? our work there. Mm-hmm. Well, Bobby, welcome into the studio. Thank you. It's great to be here. So you're from South Africa. Now, when most people hear that somebody's doing something similar, they say, well, I, you know, we don't need to work with each other. Larry's just the opposite, isn't it? Isn't he, Mike? I mean, he, you gravitate to people who you can network with and work together with. Yeah, well, that's been the uh, the blessing of our ministry. The Lord has brought great people like Bobby and many others you've met uh, on the other side of the ocean that are really doing usually better than I can uh, what we both would like to see happen. And mm-hmm. so where we can find cooperation and share resources and ideas, then that's what we do. Yeah. And that's how Bobby and I met. Yeah. Bobby, help us get familiar with, familiar with you and your life's work. Yeah. Well, let me just comment on the, the aspect you raised, Larry, working together. We were operating in the Cape Town area together. Uh, with two different curriculums. And I would go to a church and do a presentation and they would turn around and say, "Um, do you know this guy, Larry Warren? (laughs) And uh, he would go to a church a couple of days later and they would say, have you heard about this guy, Bobby Maynard? (laughs) And uh, instead of competing against one another, even though we had different curriculums, uh, we we became uh, good friends and complemented one another's ministry. And, uh, um, you know, here today... I've actually joined African leadership. So it's, uh, I believe, com- competitiveness within the kingdom of God <laughs> should be complementary, yeah, not destructive. So mm. it's great to be part of the African leadership team. Well, Larry and Bobby, with the two of you here today, help us. I mean, we, we love to get educated about what some of the issues are around the world. And let's focus on Africa for a few moments here. What, what do we need to know? Well, there's been a lot happening since uh, just the beginning of this year. I was last in... Uh, in Malawi and in South Africa in December, and it hoped to be in Kenya now, but as many of you know, there was an election at the end of December, and uh, there was a lot of violence related to that. It was very shocking and sad to most of us who had hoped that Kenya, one of the most stable countries in East Africa, was not beyond that. Yeah. Uh, fortunately, you know, many even thought it might turn into a Rwanda situation because a lot of the killing was along tribal lines. Uh, Unfortunately, there were over 1,000 people killed and uh, over 600,000 people uh, fled from their homes. And so one of the things we're doing now, uh, and uh, one of the reasons I'm happy to have Bobby with us is because always from the beginning, uh, he's had the same heart that I have in terms of presenting the whole gospel. And so even though we teach and preach and we mainly train church leaders, we then want to fund relief and development projects in the same communities Mm -hmm. where we train church leaders. So right now we're funding relief supplies to these displaced people within their own country that had to leave because they were not the tribal majority in the place that they're living. So So are are they in camps? They are. Yeah. Uh, And many have decided they're not willing to return. Uh, So uh, many are in camps and we've been... uh, working with the Red Cross and uh, through our church network to provide uh, blankets and food and soap and clean water uh, in, in Kenya. So that the, thank the Lord it has become peaceful. They, uh, the two political parties were able to come to an agreement. The president stayed in power, even though many think the election was uh, not fair. And so they have a, the, his opposition uh, is now the prime minister. So that's what's happening in Kenya. And I'll just say another word about East Africa because this violence there affected the whole area. Uh, we've uh, Another prayer request is for people to continue to pray for the many refugees, more than 3 million, in uh, Sudan, Darfur, Chad, in that area. They say that more than 2 million of them are totally dependent on outside aid mm-hmm. to stay alive. And what happened, it, much of that food comes through Kenya. So when, when there was this kind of violence, the roads were blocked. Yeah. We, we've been sending planes in, uh, African leadership, into Darfur monthly, and we had to stop the planes because we couldn't get fuel. Hmm. And we couldn't get the relief supplies from Nairobi up to the... Uh, Didn't realize it was that domino effect. Exactly. Wow. And then all the way into Uganda, where we work with some of uh, the uh, women who've been released from the Lord's Resistance Army. Mm-hmm. We had people stuck up there because they couldn't get back, uh, again, because of the fuel and food shortages. So the East Africa situation began in a terrible way uh, in January. 
Kenya is much better now, but we still need to, to need to pray for those folks. And Uganda's improved. The LRA has signed a peace agreement. But uh, Bobby has worked in Malawi and uh, seven years ago started a foundation for the elimination of child labor. And I'd mm. like for him to address yeah, that some, what he's been doing and what the situation is in terms of child labor in yeah. Southern Africa. Okay. Well, uh, child labor, really, someone referred to it as modern-day slavery. Mm-hmm. And uh, worldwide, it's said to be about 250 million children between the ages of 4 and 18 that are caught up in some form of uh, slavery, child labor. And Malawi is no exception. In fact, in sub-Sahara Africa, Malawi has the highest percentage of child laborers than anywhere else. See, we, we just don't understand that. That's just off the radar for us, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Well, it's, it's poverty-driven, you know. Um, let's take, for example, a household father gets ill with AIDS. Uh, he dies. The mother's infected. She dies. And here you've got a household of children, five, six children, and they've got to survive. Uh, and how do they do that? Uh, the eldest will go out and work uh, to earn some money for food. And it's, it's, a, it's a controversial issue. You know, do you want to see a, a, a working child or a, a hungry child? child yeah. Sure. yeah. And so if, you, if you're going to address it in, in a sustainable, systemic way, you've got to address poverty factors. And the way we've done it, is through education, safe water, health, and education. Well, I know there's so much more that we need to know. And, Michael, perhaps the best thing we can do is just point our listeners in the direction of African leadership for updates and the website that you have, Larry, so that we can be informed on these and many other issues. Yeah, you can just go to africanleadership.org and click on Malawi and see some of the projects we're involved in there to uh, ease the situation. Yeah. Well, uh, we're going to follow up with this. Our time is, is gone now, but uh, we're going to have you guys back and, and, and follow up on these uh, situations. Help us to know what we can do, where we can send the, our money, where we can send our prayers. And, and thanks for spending some time, a little bit of time anyway, with us, guys. Well, we are almost to the halfway point for this session in the studio with Michael Card. Before we pause for the break, though, I want to encourage you to get in touch with us because your comments, Bible questions, and song requests are always welcome when you email us at studio at michaelcard.com. There's much more you can discover about the program, including links to the work of African leadership and also access to our audio archive and podcast at michaelcard.com. Coming up, the music of Jason Gray here in the studio. I love God's Word, and the CSB Study Bible is a wonderful addition to help you grow in love and devotion to the truth of the Bible. This fresh translation combined with meaningful commentary and study tools can help you make lifelong connections with God's Word. Search for the CSB Study Bible at csbible.com. Put your interest to learn into action as you open up God's Word with an array of study notes and word studies and more for your deep study and daily reading. When you visit online, see how you can explore the rich meaning of the text through this edition. Be sure to use the special 40% discount on your CSB purchase through LifeWay. Type CARD40 with caps, no spaces, in the promotion code for your 40% discount with LifeWay. I hope the CSB Study Bible can be used to further your discipleship journey. Search for CSB Study Bible now at csbible.com. Back in the studio with Michael Card and a new friend to the program here today. Michael, looking forward to meeting Jason Gray. Yeah, uh, a good friend, a good brother, great songwriter. Uh, we've been on the road together uh, and so know each other well. So it's a real privilege to have him. When you've been on the road with somebody. That's when you, you really get well. to know somebody, right? <laughs> I've yeah. learned that from you. The, the very fact that we want to spend any time together after Jason <laughs> and I have been on the road means it worked well. That's a tribute. Yeah. That really is. Jason, welcome. The very fact that uh, that I still want to spend any time with Michael, <laughs> I think that is significant That's what I was well, implying. So. You, and, you and I need to talk, Jason. <laughs> yeah, no, you don't so. need to talk. You know, what's great, what's great about Mike is, uh, I mean, he writes these amazingly beautiful songs of great 
depth and theological import and stuff, you know, and and so you kind of have an idea of of who he is that he completely blows away that first day on the bus, you know, uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. in yeah. a great way. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, don't don't uh, don't wreck your illusion for us here now. Yeah. He's a prankster. Yeah. I'll just I'll yeah. leave it at that. Yeah. Right. So. We're not going there today, right, Mike? Okay. No, we won't. <laughs> okay, let's maintain the illusion <laughs> just a little longer. Where Sorry. we are going is to get to know you, Jason. Yes, right. and uh, welcome, and Michael. Here's another young songwriter that just encourages your heart, right? Yeah, absolutely. And uh, we we got to know each other uh, through Troy and Sarah Groves. Mm-hmm. And uh, Jason has been playing with, uh, had been with them on the road. And uh, and Troy called and said, man, you you know, you got to hook up with this guy. So, mm-hmm. Good. so we did, we were out, what, I know we did some Christmas concerts yeah. and did some other things together and has had a great time. That was great. Yeah. Well, here's some exciting news. You're going to do some music in the studio for us here today. We require that of all our guests. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. Yep. if you didn't know that, that's a that's an entrance requirement here. Good thing I have my guitar. Yeah, yeah. It just <laughs> happened to have, yeah. yeah. So, because yeah. you came in from Minneapolis to yes, join us right. here in Tennessee yeah. in the studio. Yeah. Well, the good news is that your CD, All the Lovely Losers, you're going to do some of the songs from the CD. I but before you to. do the first one, we want to get to know you and your story. Yeah, sure. And just, uh, just help us get to know you. You know, um... Maybe uh, the uh, the most or uh, the the first story about me to to share is to uh, is to talk about how um, I have a speech handicap. I'm I'm a I'm a stutterer. There it is, right there. Hmm. How convenient that that happened just there. So. Yeah. Um, when, when we first met, somebody had said something about the handicap. I thought it was his excessive height. Yeah, <laughs> he's about seven feet tall. But <laughs> that's my other handicap. So. Uh, but um, so growing up with uh, a speech handicap and uh, a, a sense that God had um, a calling on my life, uh, it complicated things a bit in t- terms of you know I used to I used I used to argue with him about it saying Lord I think you got the wrong guy mm. you know you can't make me your your spokesperson until you make it so I can speak you know and uh, I don't know if you've ever had this experience or not but uh, when you when you t- when you t- t- tell the Lord that he, he can't do something it's like a dare that he can't resist yeah, right yeah been there done yeah, that Mo- that's yeah, an yeah, old yeah, yeah. Moses actually yeah. tried that excuse <laughs> and it didn't work for no, him so didn't work for him so. Yeah. And uh, so, um, so he began to put me in places where I had to speak, even though I didn't think I could do it very well. And uh, my journey uh, has been one of having to come to terms uh, with the tr- truth. I believe that God calls us and uses us, not in spite of our weaknesses, but more often than not, I think exactly because of our weaknesses. Amen. That's right. And uh, he, he he offers this this beautiful um, reversal of of fortune where where we are able to bring him all of our all of our brokenness, all of uh, um, our, you know our our our, uh, our list of insecurities and hurts and wounds. And uh, and he turns it around and redeems it, yeah. and 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 makes it uh, exactly our list of qualifications. Yeah, without and, your wounds, where would your power be? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I think too. I mean, I believe that we we have an enemy who wants to destroy us, and or at the very least wants to hinder us from being all that we were meant to be. Mm-hmm. And uh, I love that we are able to take all the things that our enemy intended to use mm. for evil in our lives, mm-hmm. whether it's brokenness, addiction, depression, uh, handicaps, f- f- failures, whatever it might be. And when we give it to the Lord, he turns it around and uses it <laughs> against our enemy yeah. to build his kingdom. That's fantastic. And what greater revenge is there than that? <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> Sweet revenge. Huh? And so, uh, so yeah. Well, um, now that we know your story... Yeah. Let's hear some of your music. This yeah. is Blessed Be? Yeah, yes, it is. So this is uh, about how uh, I used to think that the God was always looking for impressive, competent Marlboro men, you know, who didn't <laughs> struggle with fear or doubt. And I couldn't do that, you know, so I was so grateful to read in in the Beatitudes where, where, where Jesus describes exactly who who he finds commendable when he says, blessed are the poor in spirit and the meek and the impressive, no, 
those mm. who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Uh, mm. The competent, no, those uh, who look in the mirror and see how much mercy they need, and so hopefully they're willing to extend it to others. Mm. In a word, it seems like he's saying, blessed are the losers. Mm. And as I like to say on tour, uh, I said, and that's good news for me and Mike Card. <laughs> so, but anyway, here's a little... Uh, snippet of that song i have a cold so uh this is a, a real uh, uh i'm i'm living it this is about yep. weakness yep, and yep. Uh, i'm doing it in my weakness here so uh losers all the lovely losers we never thought you'd hear Time will tell Blessed be The ones who know That they are weak They shall see The kingdom come To the broken ones Blessed be <laughs> That's a verse of that. Well, if that's horse, oh man, I don't want to hear you. Uh, <laughs> no, you got it right. There. I I assure everyone who's hearing me right now, I sound fantastic <laughs> on my records. Okay, we have we have two other songs that we want to uh, yeah. set up and uh, and introduce. So where do you want to go from here? Uh, let's talk about the cut. Okay, that's that was my favorite. I think okay, when we cool. were playing together. Yeah, thanks. Um, that, that was the song I put on the album for me. Yeah. I didn't think anybody else was going to like How it. How so? What's so? What's it about? Well, it just has, it's it's got some brutal imagery in it, you know. As you tenderly, carefully ravage me. I thought for sure people were going to hate that line and yeah. stuff. But <laughs> interestingly enough, that's the song that everybody... Well, it's another perspective of what you were talking about <laughs> earlier, how how he uses weakness and yeah. he uses, you know, the cut, he uses the yeah. pain and yeah. and that's the best stuff. You know, we yeah. just met today, and I'm just hearing your music for the first time, but it sure seems like you're really into just the real stuff, and oh. just authenticity and well, honesty. and Thank you. That's what your music's about. Well, let's ask you to do the song right now. Do you want to say anything more about it before you actually sing it for us? Yeah, sure. You know, um, the song uh, in in part was um, inspired by a, a, fr um, a fr friend of mine uh, was on vacation, and uh, he visited a vineyard, and he was talking to the the proprietor there and the man there um explained that they will go out in the spring and they will cut off the first fruits and throw them away mm. and uh and my friend was was uh surprised by this and, and because it seemed wasteful and asked him why and the man explained well you see because when you c c cut off the first fruit then um the fruit that grows back then is bolder, more flavorful. Mm. Uh, it's the good stuff, and we want to get to the good stuff. Mm. And, uh, of course, this story terrified me because uh, we read about how Jesus t talks about um, about pruning the vine, you know. And uh, and it's, it's hard enough to accept the fact that he comes with a pruning blade and cuts off the branches that don't bear fruit, mm -hmm. you know. But I thought the fruit was safe. <laughs> and uh, and I began to uh, wonder, how many of the good things do I do, like going to church, reading the Word, uh, giving to the poor, tithing? How many of the good things do I do uh, in hopes that God will leave me alone? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. look, here's my fruit. You don't have to bother with me. You know, you can just leave me alone. But He loves us um, he loves us too much to to leave us alone, and and I believe he wants to get to the good stuff. And so when he comes into our lives with the pruning blade, you know, it hurts. It hurts, but uh, hopefully we can take a comfort knowing that uh, that anything he cuts away does not t t diminish us, but makes us more of who we were always intended to be. The song you know. says the cut is what makes you whole. The, the mm -hmm. cut makes us whole, yeah. yeah. 
Well, you said it so well, and you say it so well in the song. Let's let's hear it now. Jason Gray in the studio. My heart is laid under your blade as you carve out your image. Carefully, tenderly ravage me, and you peel back the bark and tear me apart to get to the heart of what matters the most. I'm cold and I'm scared as your love lays me bare. The shaping of my soul, the cut makes me whole. Mingling here, your blood and my tears as you whittle my kingdom away. But I see that you suffer too. Making me new for the blade of love Cuts both ways As you peel back the bark And tear me apart To get to the heart of what matters the most I'm cold and I'm scared As your love lays me bare shaping of my soul the cut makes me whole hidden inside the grain beneath the pride and pain is the shape of the man meant me to be who with every cut now Jason, have you ever thought that it's, it's interesting that um, in response to hurt, we sing? Mm-hmm. And that song, I think, is a pretty powerful example of that. Yeah, you know, it's like we're 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 birds with wounded uh, wounded birds that, <laughs> that keep on singing in the cage or whatever, yeah. and that your response to that sort of painful realization that that life is about being pruned, and our master is the one with the pruning hook. Mm-hmm. Isn't it interesting that what you want to do is sing about that? Yeah. 
Yeah. What's wrong with you? I don't know. <laughs> turn, I don't know. If, turn it back on him, yeah, Jason. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you should talk. <laughs> I. Uh, it's interesting too. I think that uh, the best music, the best art, comes out of pain in mm-hmm. that way, woundedness. I think uh, the best kind of living comes out of that too. You know, I'm working on my next record. This album is all about brokenness and the virtues of weakness, you know, and how weaknesses can no longer be an excuse mm-hmm. for us, you know, a place to hide. But uh, it's it's an asset, you know, a gift in a lot of ways. But I think our weaknesses j- just remain our weaknesses as long as we are always trying to hide them, you yeah. know. And uh, I think we at least... Myself, I exert so much energy trying to hide from people, mm-hmm. and uh, I'm, like my greatest fear always is being found out, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, but the Bible says, "Confess your sins one to another that you may be healed." And it seems unfortunate to me that it's oftentimes in the church among other believers that we learn how to perfect hiding yeah. our weaknesses, our sins. <laughs> from each other. We're all good at that, aren't we? And I think that everybody loses. I think that we lose because as we hide our sins, our weaknesses, they gain power over us. And then also as we hide them, I think we deny the people around us a chance to see how God's grace works (laughs) in Mm -hmm. a real person's life. It's really powerful. Uh, We've got just a few seconds before we ask Jason to sing a third and final song for us in the studio here today, Jason Gray. But we've got to ask you to sing this this song, Everything I Own is the Song. Yes. Uh, Mike, you're going to join him on the piano? Yeah, and this is another one from The Road that that, uh, that I... I remember uh, well being uh, being struck by there's a, the the song turns around there's a little trap at the end of the song <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. great I won't give it away okay I won't give it away. Right. Jason thanks for being here oh thanks for having me you guys yeah. Jason Gray everything I own what would I give to be Pure in heart to be Pure in flesh and bone What would I give to be Pure in heart I'd give Everything I own I'd rid my whole house Of its demons of lust And open the window to trust And out of that window all fear will have flown I'd give everything I own And what would I give for the words of God To come tumbling from the throne I mean what would I give for the very words of God I'd give everything I own I'd open my head and they'd roll right in I open my mouth they'd roll out again and uproot the weeds of the deeds I have sown I'd give everything I own I give for my children's strength on the day they stand alone. I mean, what would I give for their strength to stand firm? I'd give everything I own. Cause I've wasted my life with accomplishing things, ignoring the giver of wings. So Lord, teach them to fly to the foot of your throne. I'll give everything I own. All I've accomplished, the titles I hold, my passions, positions, possessions, and gold. God, they must look like a thimble of foam And it's everything I own 
dirty rags are all that I own So I stand before God with my stubble And hey, he just laughs but says there is still a way Because Father, forgive are the words Jesus moaned When he gave everything he owned So what would I give to be pure in heart For things I know to be made unknown What would I give to be born again so glad you sat in with us for this session in the studio. If the Lord has used this hour to help you consider some new insights about your relationship with Christ, please take a moment and pass along your comments. There are several ways to do this. Post a review of this podcast on Apple Podcasts or give your reaction on Spotify or email your reactions when you write in the studio at michaelcard.com. Look for information about our guests on our podcast page at michaelcard.com. And stay current with Michael's ministry and interact with other listeners when you check out the Michael Card Music Facebook page. We're so glad to point you to the wonderful resources from our sponsors at the Christian Standard Bible when you visit csbible.com. We hope you'll explore the in-depth commentaries and topical editions and study Bibles that can help enrich your understanding of God's Word. Take a moment and see what's waiting for you when you visit csbible.com. When you order, use the promotion code card 40 typed with caps and no spaces to receive your 40% discount on CSB purchases through LifeWay. Take the steps to learn and grow this summer at csbible.com. For Ron Davis now and Susan Sermon and Lance Mansfield, and of course our producer Joe Carlson, I'm Wayne Shepard. We're glad you've spent time together with us in the studio with Michael Carr.